0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drugmeyer. And on today's show, we have John Kegley in here to break down this latest game against the Raiders and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code On, all caps, one word, and you can get 20% off your next order. Before we get started, we are three riders who got to start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Alright guys, well welcome into the show. Thank you to anybody who is checking us out for the first time. Hopefully we can make the best out of a bad situation with the Chargers. And thank you to all of our loyal listeners again for coming back to listen to a game that was brutal once again for the Chargers as they go down to the Raiders 31-26 to and the AFC West woes continue. So we're going to start the show just by talking about that wild final sequence of the game. The Chargers with a chance to walk off. Basically, and aren't able to get it done and also just some crazy stats from this game and some numbers that really suck for certain guys and really suck for Chargers fans. Most of all, before we end up getting into our recap in the second segment, we'll get into the first half and talk about some of the better plays there. Kalen Balazs breaking out the Chargers going into halftime with some positive momentum. And then we'll get into the last half of the game in the last segment, talking about the collapse of the defense in the third quarter, and also Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense really battling back for most of this game, and then, you know, just coming up just short at the end. But let's go ahead and get into it. Once again on Sunday, the Los Angeles Chargers had a chance to win against the Raiders, and they had the victory fall right between their fingers. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Los Angeles Chargers lost another gut-wrenching game on Sunday, 31-26 to to the Raiders, and ended up falling to 2-6 on the season. This is now their worst start since the Mike McCoy era in 2015. This time it came in a little bit of a different fashion because the Chargers never got out to a huge lead. They ended up leading by 3 going into halftime, but really the story was the Chargers coming back at the end of the game and not being able to finish it and it was a very wild sequence David the Chargers end up getting to the Raiders four yard line and get to run two plays from there after a questionable clock running situation with Mike Williams after he made a big play towards the end of the game the time gets burned the Chargers have two plays and one ends up being a fade to Mike Williams and the other is basically a fade to Donald Parham Jr. Both end up being incompletions, but it was just the way that it happened, David. The Chargers get the lead, get it called back, and it was just absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean, normally in these situations, the
2: Chargers have the lead, and we're just waiting to see how they're going to cough up the lead. But uh, in this one, the Chargers were trailing, and they had to try to figure out a way to try to come from behind and try to go out there and take a victory. It seemed like uh, they were going to do that because they used several over-the-middle throws, they went 70-plus yards on this drive, and you know they really did a good job of moving the football down there. Got a good play to Mike Williams, which was a very questionable situation there with the referees. I'm pretty sure, watching back on that, that Mike Williams got out of bounds. But the Chargers definitely did not do a great job of getting back on the line. It took them 18 seconds to get lined up, and that only left them enough time for two plays. And subsequently, those plays were pretty much the exact same. You had a fade route to Mike Williams where he just couldn't haul it in. And then you have another fade route to Donald Parham. I mean, not a bad idea. The guy is six foot eight. So I give him an opportunity to come down with it. It looks at first. He does come down with it, it is initially called a touchdown. And then, of course, they replay it. The ball moves and they snatch the victory right away from the Chargers
1: and the Chargers lose. And it's just getting harder and harder to comprehend, Daniel you just can't make this stuff up sometimes and i know a lot of charger fans are upset and i think rightfully so to some extent that with two plays left you just keep going back to the fade which you'd already tried earlier on in the game it didn't work so the chargers ended up you know 0 for 3 on those plays in Sunday's game and i can understand that wanting someone like Hunter Henry or Keenan Allen to get a target there but to have that victory and then to have it overturned for chargers fans i mean is just absolutely A brutal way to lose. And in this game, the Chargers spoiled some pretty good performances. I mean, Justin Herbert was good again. I mean, he was fingertips away from, you know, two more touchdowns on the day. He still ends up with two of them. But David, the Chargers, even though they are getting good individual performances, they still just can't turn it in to that win at the end of the game. No, they
2: cannot. I mean, if you look at all three phases, you see some good things and you see some very, very bad things. You look on the offensive side, Justin Herbert, another incredible performance 28 of 42, 326 yards, two touchdowns. More importantly, no interceptions in this one. The Chargers find another running back, Kalen Balaj, to be able to come in and contribute, and he did that. 15 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown, running at 4.6 yards per carry. So that is very, very productive. I mean, the Chargers did it with Troy Main Poop. The Chargers finding ways to incorporate new guys into the running game. Keenan Allen goes 9 for 102 and a touchdown. Mike Williams also 5 catches, 81 yards, a typical stat line on defense. Not a lot of pressure there. They only got one sack, and it was Jerry Tillery with a strip sack and the recovery. Uh, But the big story on defense was the crazy amount of rushing yards that the Chargers allowed. They allowed 160 rushing yards on 26 carries, a crazy 6.1 yards per carry. The Raiders were imposing their will and running the ball down the Chargers' throats. And then, of course, the special teams, they did not perform very well in this one. Two for three on field goals with a 48-yard field goal that was missed, and then, of course, a big muff punt by K.J. Hill that gave the ball back to the Raiders. And the one thing that continues to be constant is Justin Herbert rewriting the history books. Justin Herbert has surpassed Cam Newton for the most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in the first seven starts since 1950. Justin Herbert also the fourth quarterback since 1950 with 2,100-plus passing yards in their first seven games. So, Justin Herbert, crazy start. He's on pace for over 4,500
1: passing yards, Daniel. You just have to absolutely feel for this guy who continually puts the Chargers in chances to win, and they just can't execute down the stretch, whether it's offensively or defensively. And really the only important numbers to look at from this game as far as the Chargers losing is giving up 245-plus yard plays as the defense and then the six-point swing from special teams When you end up losing by five points. But the Chargers will have the second half of their schedule. To try to right the ship. But right now they are looking like. They are going to have a pretty good draft pick in 2021. And they could be losing some coaches soon. If this keeps up. But we do have two more segments to get into. Because we do have to get into this recap. Talking about the Chargers finding a way. To put up some points in the first half. And ending on a positive note. Before wrapping the show up with the second half. But first I need to tell you guys about the best fitness bikes And fitness equipment you're going to find out there. And that is Echelon. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new stride smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level classes that are always available when they need them. And right now you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at your home for 30 days. I use mine all the time and I just, you have to be a little bit careful taking some of the classes before you have to go to work because you could end up walking funny like I did last week. But all you have to do is go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into this game recap and I know it's going to be a little bit hard to talk about just because it's another game in which the Chargers do things that are only... Unique to the Chargers, but this game was pretty evenly distributed as far as these teams being close for almost the entire game and the Chargers came out pretty good in the first half and they end up with the lead, but it started off a little bit rough for them because in their first drive, they go five plays and have to punt and Justin Herbert misses a deep pass to Jalen Guyton by Just about a half of a yard. I mean, that would have been a really nice start to the game. But the defense also comes out hot, holding the Raiders to a three and out. And what was interesting about that first drive was that Jerry Tillery was actually filling in for Joey Bosa at defensive end. We weren't really sure if we were going to see that. In the pass rush on the first drive, he looked really good at the position. But on the Chargers' second drive, I had a little bit of an issue with it. They go seven plays and 31 yards. On third and one, they end up trying to run a jet sweep to Joe Reed and end up losing a yard on it. But then my thing was right there, the Chargers were either going to have to attempt a 48-yard field goal, which is not anything you should be afraid of as a coach. You should be able to trust your you know kicker from that distance. But my thing in this situation, John, was... I understand wanting to put points up on the board, but for this, it's different when it's 4th and 1. If you want to kick a 48-yard field goal on 4th and 10, I would understand it more, but your kicker, who has been struggling, even though he made all of his kicks last game, leaves some points out there, but I honestly think that Anthony Lynn probably should have gone for it there.
0: I think so, too. I was saying that. I was out the TV saying, please go for it. Just go for it. Do not put it in the kicker's hands, and when the field goal comes out, I'm like, it's going to be another one of those games. We're going to probably... Come down to a few points at the end that we wish we would have had. I'm going to sit there and go, we should have gone for it on fourth down in the first. I don't get yeah, why they're not being aggressive at the beginning of the game. Make a statement early in the game. Why are we not doing this yet? Are we still going to keep doing field goals on fourth and one? I'm going to give credit that I'm glad they did a jet sweep. It was a little bit more creative fourth down. They play, tried but, something
1: different, at least. Yeah. But,
0: I mean, it's not a coaching fault for that part because. One of the players just full-on misses a guy coming straight up the field and does not do anything to stop him. So the play was stopped dead due to outside contain by a defensive end. But when it came down to fourth and two, why are you not Why are you not going for it? It's simple fourth and two at the 30. If, if you don't get it, it's like you punted from way back by your own 40 or something. It's not that much of a difference, really. But you need to have right. more than three points on a drive.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's just... You would want to trust that they're going to go out there and go for it and get those plays done, but Anthony Lynn didn't want to there. And it's another thing if you have a kicker who's been lights out this season, which is just something that Michael Badgley has not. But on the Raiders' next drive, they take advantage. They go seven plays, 62 yards. The big play of the drive was Rayshon Jenkins getting roasted by Jalen Rashard on a third and ten play, a kind of a halfback angle fake. He ends up going outside. Rayshon Jenkins gets his ankles broken and picks up the easy first down. Right after that, Devontae Booker gets the edge on the Chargers defense and goes untouched on a play to the outside for a 23-yard touchdown. That's when you knew it would be a long day for the Chargers' run defense. I mean, even though we were obviously very worried about that coming in. But on the Chargers' third drive, they answer back. It was a very back-and-forth game. They go 13 plays. 81 yards, and I'm fourth and one, David, an even better play, in my opinion, than the Jets sweep. They continue to try to get creative on the short yardage situations. That was nice to see this time. They run a toss to Kalen Balage on the right side, and he gets in on a five-yard touchdown. I was screaming, yes, yes, yes. That's the type of
2: play I wanted to see right there on fourth down. Don't be so prototypical. Don't do the same thing that you've been doing because it hasn't been working. They do something a little bit different. They get it to Cam Balazs, who is running north and south, and he gets himself into the end zone. Really nice, well-designed play, good effort, good blocking uh, on the outside as well to get him in- into the end zone.
1: Yeah, Pipkins had a nice block on that play, and so did uh, Hunter Henry. I mean, it really worked, and – For a team that's been trying to stuff it up the middle, you could see that a lot of those Raiders defenders were thinking that was coming. But the Chargers end up tying the game 7-7 to on the Raiders. Third drive, they end up going five plays, 25 yards, and having to punt. And I'll just touch on that last drive really quick. That was the drive where we kind of knew, hey, this Kalen Balazs guy is doing a lot better than maybe most people expected. But the Chargers end up getting the ball back for their fourth drive, and they go three plays Negative four yards. Herbert ends up getting sacked on third down after Pipkins gets beat pretty badly off the edge. And then on the Raiders' fourth drive, they make them pay for it because they go six plays, 44 yards, and get the touchdown. On third and one, Josh Jacobs goes 14 yards for a touchdown. And John, that's what we were afraid of. On that drive, the Raiders run six plays, five of them are rushing attempts for 40 yards. And we were worried, you know, last week, and we said the key to defense, you know, even though we didn't necessarily think it was going to happen, was to be able to try to control the line of scrimmage with your defensive line. And it was very true that they were missing Joey Bosa. And you really saw them just get bullied on that drive for a touchdown.
0: Bullied is the understatement, really. They ran it right down their throats. No problem at all. Even Josh Jacobs getting outside and being able to jump into the end zone with full body control in the air. just to get that touchdown. I know. It
1: wasn't even a bad hit by Nazir Adderley either, to be honest.
0: No, it wasn't. It was just amazing athletic play by Josh Jacobs, but still, they basically did whatever they wanted as a running back. If they wanted to run up the middle, they could do it. If they wanted to run outside, they could do it, and the Chargers, for some reason, could do nothing to stop it. Even though we have Linval Joseph now, we were still not getting that penetration we need. Is he one guy? Sure, but the Raiders were doing a lot of double-team on our defensive tackles and just having fun up the middle. And then they would just double-team the outside guy and try to sprint out the middle with pulling guards. It was all creative run play, but we couldn't get off a block, and we couldn't even tackle the running backs when we first made contact. Bullied is an understatement to say the least.
1: Yeah, and I think in this game, more than some of the other games, just getting beat on that edge is what reminded you that Joey Bosa wasn't out there. Uh, Just because, I mean, there was a few times where they were turning that corner and seemingly getting a first down, Before anyone even got touched, right? So it was exactly what we were afraid of, and the fact that Raiders'
2: offensive line was just creating craters for those running backs to run through. I mean, it seemed like they were opening like the Red Sea. It was absolutely insane.
1: It was, and then the Chargers'
0: starting tackles.
1: I know it was three starting offensive linemen that they were missing in this game. Uh, and they were still able to do that. I mean, David told you how bad it was—26 for 160 for the Raiders' rushing game. But the Chargers would answer back again. Like I said, very back and forth. This time, Herbert ends up finding Keenan Allen all alone, and he walks into the end zone for a 27-yard touchdown. That was nice to see, especially with Jonathan Abram's getting you know spun around on the back end there and looking dumb. Uh, you know why well, was the biggest trash talker out there but the big play on that drive that almost disrailed the drive was a terrible offensive bi call on jalen guyton uh he made a ridiculous catch out of bounds he only could get one hand one foot in but i mean to call that an offensive pass interference was just absolutely astounding to me i mean there was literally almost no contact at all he did not push off none of that i was super surprised by that but Mike Williams ended up making up for it because on 3rd and 16 he ends up, you know, getting very physical and getting a first down on a catch and run play. So that was nice to see and then Keenan Allen always nice to see him getting into the end zone. But it wasn't done for the Chargers then because the Raiders did get another drive and they go two plays before Jerry Tillery gets a strip sack and a fumble on Derek Carr. And then the Chargers get a free 45-yard field goal. Michael Badger gets to bounce back and hit that field goal. But David, it was nice to see them once again going into the halftime at least carrying some sort of positive momentum even if it didn't carry on to the second half.
2: Yeah, I mean, love to see the big play by Jerry Tillery. I mean, it seems like we haven't seen anyone on the defense really go out there and just make a play. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Jerry Tillery swats the the ball right out of Derek Carr's hands and is able to recover it. I mean, probably the best play of his NFL career. So the Chargers got very little pressure on Derek Carr. This was the only sack that they got all game long. But a big play turned into a... Great field goal for the Chargers, and yes, they
1: go into halftime with some really positive momentum. They did, and of course, we're going to have to get into how that didn't translate into the second half because the the Raiders ended up going on a run to put the Chargers behind, but they did almost scratch and claw their way back to a game-winning walk-off victory, and we're going to get into all the biggest plays of the second half coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet and of course i'm talking about built bars these are the new and improved built bars coming in 18 amazing flavors like cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake and apple almond crisp and the thing for me is that i'm not going to eat protein bars no matter how good they are for me if they don't taste good so when i get the taste of built bar and you're still getting the nutritional benefits that you're getting out of it i mean it really just is the best that you're going to get because all the bars are 100 covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew built bar is great for the health conscious guy it's also great for the keto diet if you're doing that and right now you guys can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20 percent off your next order it doesn't have to be your first order it just has to be your next order that's promo code on all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, now we have to get into the demise of the Chargers. Of And it's, I mean, of course, right? I mean, Chargers fans going into a, the halftime with a lead is nothing new to them. I mean, this was a small halftime lead compared to some of the other games that they had. But it was pretty rough to see the Raiders go right down the field on their first drive coming out of halftime. Four plays, 55 yards, and a touchdown. On third and 10, Casey Hayward gets burnt on a 55-yard touchdown by Nelson Aguilar. And it was just like, oh, brutal. I mean, you have a chance to get off the field, escape without giving up any points. And a defense that's supposed to take away big plays cannot. And the Chargers, given a chance to answer after that with the score being 21-17, to go three plays, four yards, and have to punt. Mike Williams ends up getting five yards on third and six. And then on that drive, Herbert doesn't throw a pass further than the line of scrimmage, basically. I mean, throws a basically two yards to Mike Williams, and the other one was a botched screenplay to Joe Reed that – He basically just had to throw it away. So that was disappointing not to see an answer there, especially when the Raiders come back on their next drive and go eight plays, 75 yards on third and four. Hayward is the target again, and this time he gets beat for 53 yards on kind of a broken play. Derek Carr rolls out, throws it over the head of Casey Hayward for 53 yards to Hunter Renfro on that drive as well. On third and 10, Derek Carr scrambles and hurdles. Jaleel Adai for a 12-yard first down. Of course, how is Derek Carr hurtling anyone and then Darren Waller beats Rayshon Jenkins for a touchdown from two yards out but John this is something we've harped on all season long being able to make these halftime adjustments if you're Gus Bradley and then once again you see the Chargers coming out and on the first two drives of the defense they're giving up two long drives for touchdowns and a couple of huge plays as well
0: I mean that's kind of a halftime adjustment right you're getting beat by the run now you're getting beat (laughs) by the pass I mean that's an adjustment I guess right (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah i guess it, good yeah. halftime adjustments is what we're looking for i guess we need to be more specific
0: well, i mean he, gruden apparently made that adjustment he apparently said hey we can beat them deep here just throw a couple of short passes set up the deep one and it worked I Boy, and when will... you're running
1: the ball that effectively it's always going to open up deep shots you know and you're going to have to have one-on-one matchups that you're going to have to win
0: yeah but at, eventually the the Chargers kind of figured it out though too on defense they gave up two Touchdown drives, but they figured it out after that, so um, they did. it wasn't a we'll halftime adjustment, that. but it was at least an <laughs> in-game adjustment, which I would say is an improvement on Gus Bradley's part. He figured it out in the yep. second half to stop the team, whereas the other games before, there was no stop at all. I've said it before. Once someone found that one play that worked. It's like the other team figured it out against the Chargers defense, and we couldn't get a stop the rest of the game. Yeah, and we'll get into the Chargers defensive
1: stops. I mean, I think, you know, they gave this team a chance to win at the end of the game, but coming out of halftime once again is really rough from this Chargers defense. But they do answer and get some points back on the next drive. Herbert ends up finding Tyron Johnson, T. Billy, for a 50-yard catch. Another really great throw and a great catch this time, a contested catch by Tyron Johnson. And you're wondering to yourself why he doesn't have more targets this season. I mean, obviously, when you have Jalen Guyton, I mean, you know, you're, you're choosing between two guys that are both very fast. But it was great to see him making another big play. It was just unfortunate because... This was Mike Williams not being able to come up with a fade route. And, David, that one was just uh, inches away. I mean, it the ball could have been a couple of you know, inches closer to Mike Williams. But at the same time, in my opinion, if you want to be the best jump ball receiver, best fade catching receiver in the NFL, these are the kind of amazing catches that you kind of have to come up with. But just another drive where it's so close and then you end up having to settle for a field goal.
2: It seems like any time you need to get close to the end zone or you need a big play to extend a drive to keep things alive, Mike Williams always converts those. But it seems like when you give him give him an opportunity to go up and get a football and you know get a touchdown for you, it seems more often than not, he's not pulling those balls down, which I'm just not understanding. It's a little bit confuddling for me. I, I don't get it. I mean, because we befuddler. know that he can go up. Yeah, befuddling. You know, it, just, it it boggles my mind. I don't understand why he has so much trouble bringing those balls in when he does so many other phenomenal catches in different parts of the football field. What is it about the red zone, about the end zone, that prevents Mike Williams from going up and getting those balls?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just could have been a slightly better throw. But like I said, if you want to be known as that guy, if you want people to say, hey, it's 80-20 in my favor, I mean, you basically have to come up with most of them, and he wasn't able to do that in this game. But on the next drive, the Chargers defense, like John talked about, did tighten up. They let him go seven plays, 33 yards, and then the Raiders punted right there, and I honestly think it was the wrong decision. I mean, they had scored touchdowns on the previous two drives. It's a fourth and two situation that's just out of field goal range. You're not going to get much on the punt. I mean, I talked about it in an article I wrote last week. The Chargers traded a chance at points for 23 yards in field position. This was kind of a similar thing, John. I think if they had gone for it right there, I mean, you're averaging six yards a carry and I'm fourth and two from the other side. You're not going to go for it. I think the Chargers caught a break right there. But, I mean, they do obviously deserve some credit to putting him in that situation to have to make that decision.
0: Sure, you can give them credit for that, even though we were saying all along, don't put them in a fourth and two because John will go for it. And Literally. yet here he is, not going for it, making us look stupid. I was shocked. <laughs> I thought for sure he was going for it. I was when they brought the punt, the team on to try and draw the Chargers sides, It was like, wait, what? You're actually not going for it? Is you're gonna punt it? What is going on here? This isn't John Gruden or Raider like. Who switched coaches around here? Is Anthony Lynn on the on the Raiders sideline? What is going on here? I was definitely saying thank you very much, John. Uh, 100% I
1: mean I think the Chargers did get fortunate right there and they took advantage of it I mean the Raiders decide not to go for it and the Chargers end up on the next drive going 12 plays 82 yards and they end up getting a touchdown and it was kind of a scary play David on that one Herber ends up having a tipped pass but it, I mean his arm is still or he's basically getting sacked he still somehow gets it to Gabe neighbors on a fullback screen which is like Why haven't we seen that play 10 times? It was about as wide open as any touchdown the Chargers have had all season. But Justin Herbert has to go down after that. I mean, gets hit hard, can't get up and play the next play. They have to end up putting in Tyrod Taylor, who ends up making like six people miss on his way to a zero yard gain and a failed conversion. But it was pretty scary. I mean, a lot of bad things were going through a lot of Chargers fans minds when Justin Herbert was unable to get up there for a second.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I saw the play. I was like, okay, cool. Nice. Nice little, you know, throw just over the defender's head. And then, you know, (laughs) the fullback just walks into the end zone just for an easy, easy touchdown for Gabe Neighbors. And then they put the camera on, on Justin Herbert and he's down and looks like he's, you know, talking about his legs. And you're just like, oh God, no. (laughs) Oh, God, no. This is not what we need. This is the absolute last thing. The only shining light in this entire ridiculously terrible season has been watching Justin Herbert play. And so when he went down and the trainers were talking to him and attending to him, that was a very, very scary moment. And then wasn't that the most exciting two-point conversion play that never happened? I mean, Tyrod Taylor, it literally looks like a video game character out there. He's making people miss left and right, but just couldn't quite get it into the end zone. But it definitely was an exciting play. But that was terrifying for Justin Herbert, exciting play for Ty- Tyrod Taylor, but it just it wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, and at that point, that makes it 28-26 because they're not able to come up with it right there. And on the next drive, the Chargers defense gets what it desperately needs, gets a three and out, a huge stop by the Chargers defense. And then for the first time this season, K.J. Hill goes to return the punt. He muffs it. It looks like the Chargers recover it. They don't. On the bottom of the pile, it ends up switching hands a couple of times. And then the Raiders get the ball back in plus territory deep on the Chargers side of the field but then uncharacteristically the Chargers defense stops them again and they end up forcing a field goal so now the Raiders are only up by five points Justin Herbert has about four and a half minutes to get this team down for a touchdown and I thought the Chargers running the basically a four and a half minute offense it caught a couple of snags clock management wise because on a really close play for a first down, they ended up not sending it up for a booth review, so Anthony Williams ends up taking a timeout, but they let it 25 seconds just about run off the clock, and that was ridiculous that they wouldn't review it being that close to a first down. They don't even go out and measure it. I thought that was a mistake by the officiating, one of a couple on this final drive. But Justin Herbert was dinking and dunking his way down the field and it ended up costing him a little bit because towards the end of the drive, he ends up throwing basically a four-yard pass to Joshua Kelly. They have to burn their last time out. So then on this play, when Mike Williams ends up getting a 16-yard catch to get down to the Raiders' four-yard lines, he's going out of bounds They say the clock is running, like David told you, they end up running 18 seconds off the clock, and they only get two shots, basically, at the end zone, so a couple of mistakes were made there. It wasn't the cleanest drive, but the Chargers had a chance to win the game. They throw it to Mike Williams on a fade route that he had previously failed to connect with him on. It's an absolute beauty of a throw, I mean, absolutely perfect throw. He goes over the top of the defender, has it firmly in his hands, and then ends up losing it on the way down just brutal you saw the win right there he ends up getting it knocked out of his hands and he's injured on the ground so the chargers end up coming up on the next play they have four split out to the left donald parham by himself on the right justin herbert and the chargers choose to go with the fade route again donald parham looks like he catches it for a second the ball ends up hitting the ground but the officials call it a touchdown Chargers end up celebrating upon review. The Chargers lose pretty much again in walk-off fashion, John. But what really quickly, since we are gone a little long, what did you think of that final sequence there?
0: I know some people are going to say that play was stupid because we have Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, but there is not really a good way to open up all those receivers to a spot to be open when you're that close to the end zone. It's bound to just be a bunch of zone coverage with the Raiders' pass rush getting through so easily you're not guaranteed an opportunity to find a spot in the zone and make an on-time throw. So the fact that they had the diamond formation to the one side and they let Parham be singled up while being a six-eight tight end I think was a good opportunity. I even said, I was like, they're either going to throw a wide receiver screen, which could get shut down, or they're going to be trying to set up a jump ball to Parham by making everybody else go on the other side of the field and they went with that jump ball. And it almost worked, but I think it was a good play call in my mind. Yeah, I understand it. For
1: me personally, I mean, I understand the first fake call because you can get it out of your hands quickly and you know you're probably going to get a chance at another play. Um, I would like to think from four yards out, even in a condensed field, the Chargers would have something a little bit more creative than that, even if it's a pick route or whatever if you're doing it legally within one yard of the line of scrimmage. You can get away with that stuff down there. I mean, I just would have liked to see him, even Justin Herbert, you know, having in his hands and letting him kind of have the decision to run it or throw it if there's nothing available to him. But, I mean, there are definitely worse options than throwing it up to a guy that is six eight, and he had come down with a lot of those catches this season. I just didn't really love seeing that two plays in a row. You just would hope... You could hopefully see something besides that, but I mean that's just me. The results are the results. The Chargers end up why losing. Why not throw again. it to
2: Keenan Allen though? I mean Keenan Allen was open all day long, just like he is all the time. He scored a touchdown earlier. Give it to your best pass catching receiver. I mean that's that's just something I don't understand. Well, yeah, I can mean
0: going to be open and have Herbert have the opportunity to set and throw the ball. I mean the Raiders' pass rush was getting through pretty quick on that drive, which is why Herbert kept dumping it down to the running back because the pass rush was in there in the blink of an eye keenan allen can get open he gets open very quickly a lot of the time four yards and just send all your guys in a zone coverage right there the raiders were gonna make sure you couldn't hit a quick slant i guarantee it chargers end up
1: losing the game and just and only the way that the chargers could you know you have the touchdown it gets reversed and it was a good call and i mean for Keenan Allen, you'd like to think there's a play there, but in the condensed field, they you know that they know you're not going to run the ball, so it is made more difficult by that. There's only so much space in the end zone, but either way, I understand why people would be frustrated with that fade call, but. Either way, the Chargers fall to two and six on the season. They have eight more games to figure out if they can do anything to try to right the ship. But right now, if you're Chargers fans, it's hard to have any faith that they are going to do it. But you do have Justin Herbert. He continues to be a bright light in a very dark season. He continues to put up historic numbers. The only thing we can hope is that they find a way to get him some wins. But tomorrow, we'll be getting into more in-depth coverage of this game. We'll get into what went right and what went wrong. We can delve a little bit deeper into some of those big plays and some of those biggest decisions and just the key trends that went the wrong way for the Chargers. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the LockedOnChargers podcast there, and it's always the easiest and fastest way to get the show. But if you guys want to get your thoughts on the game, on the show, you guys can call into the LockedOnChargers voicemail line. The number is 323 524-7924, and we'll try to get every Chargers voicemail on the show. And for you guys trying to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line, if you get your thoughts in quickly in about a minute to a minute and a half, they're more likely to get on the show. But, of course, we'll try to get to as many of them as we can. But that is going to wrap it up for today. We're back with what went right and what went wrong tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.